How do you show mercy to someone who's doubting their faith? Or what about that person who's accepted a false theology? Well, we'll take some time to answer these questions today on Beyond the Notes. This past Sunday, we looked at Jude verses 17 through 23, and and I would say these are the most practical verses in the entire book of Jude. And as we got to the end of our passage this past Sunday, specifically verses 22 and 23, we saw Jude give us this uh, strategy, this rescue plan for really three different groups of people, people that were in danger Uh, serious danger of not just losing their faith, but eternally perishing in hell. And so while Jude gives us some specific commands on how to deal with these different groups, and we'll look at those in just a minute, I'm going to read the passage. I believe that these can be played out in various ways, depending on which group we're dealing with. And on Sunday, I didn't really have much time to go into some of the practical ways that 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 would look like, what that would look like for us today as as believers in dealing with those that are struggling with their faith, doubting with their faith, or even those that have taken on a a false theology and and are living their lives based on that. And, And how do we address those people? Well, that's what I hope to answer a little bit today, or at least give you some ideas on what that might look like. So let's look at those last few verses. Actually, uh, we'll go uh, to, yeah, verse, uh, verse 22. And Jude says this, and have mercy on those who doubt. That's the first group. Save others by snatching them out of the fire. That's the second group. And then the third group, which we won't spend much time on today and beyond the notes is, to others show mercy with fear, hating even the garments stained by the flesh. So that first group is the group that is doubting. The first group is those that are asking questions. So what does this look like when we uh, take what Jude says and he says to show mercy to them? Well, I mentioned one of what I'm going to give about seven hopefully practical suggestions on how we can address someone in this group. The first thing I said Sunday was it means that we really, really have to listen. We have to listen well. And that doesn't fall naturally for a lot of us, especially, let's be honest, most of us men, we're not always the best listeners. But in dealing with somebody that has doubts about their faith, and and this is a group that is perhaps just starting to be influenced and impacted and affected by those false teachers. They're hearing something that's contrary to what they've heard, perhaps growing up in the church, and now they're hearing something different. I can almost envision that person away in college for their, their first year, and they're sitting in some of their classes. Maybe it's a, a, a philosophy class or a biology class, and they're hearing different things taught that contradict what they have heard in church growing up. And so they're either doubting or maybe they're just asking really good questions. And so how do we address that person that's asking those questions, that has those doubts? Well, first of all, we need to be a good listener because being a good listener is gonna help us understand where they're coming from. What is the issue that they're really struggling with? Because so often we, instead of really listening, we want to, to throw in our two cents and give them our example or tell them our story or give them our solution. 
instead of giving them a chance to really work through that. And I said Sunday, if you find yourself talking more than listening, then you're probably not doing a very good job of listening. So it starts with being a good listener. And part of that leads to my second point is we have to get the focus off of ourselves. We have to get the focus off of ourselves, meaning it's not about me and how I look in this moment. It's not about me having all the right answers. It's not about, about the focus on me sharing my experience. Oh, that reminds me when I went through this. Now, there may be a place for you to share that, but to be, to, to be someone that is showing mercy for those that are doubting and questioning, it means getting the focus off of me and on to them. It means becoming a little more selfless and focusing more on what they're dealing with. It's about being merciful to a brother or sister that's going through a struggle that might be wavering in their faith, and the focus now becomes about them. What can I do to serve them? Number three, don't assume. Don't assume. And what I mean by this is don't assume that they're saved. Don't assume that they're lost. Just because they're asking questions, just because they're doubting, doesn't mean they're lost or they're saved. Lost people have a lot of questions. Saved people have a lot of questions. And so in other words, don't make the assumption based on the fact that they're doubting or questioning. Remember your own spiritual pilgrimage. There have been times in your own life where you have doubted. If you're honest with yourself, there have been times where you've had to ask questions. And so don't jump to conclusions based on the questions they're asking. Don't assume they're lost or that they're saved. Number four, and as they ask those questions and as you prepare to answer those questions, center your answers in God's word. Center your answers in God's word. This goes back to what we talked about Sunday, Jude's three-part spiritual growth strategy. And if you had a chance to, to hear that message on Sunday, we talked about his three-part spiritual growth strategy. And, and the first part was growing in God's word. It was a commitment to, to be in the word of God, to, to read God's word every day, to meditate on God's word, to study God's word, to memorize God's word, to have that consistent daily time in the Word of God. And that was the first part of that strategy. The second part of the strategy was, was pray in the Spirit. And the third, third part was to hope or to wait in the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. But that first one, growing in God's Word, that's so important in being able to, to talk with people, to be able to, to answer questions, to show mercy to those that are, that are doubting. And don't disqualify yourself because you don't think you're, you're enough of a Bible expert to, to answer their questions. Be ready to, to, to engage with them, but know that you'll be better prepared the more time you're spending in the Word of God. I am often, I shouldn't be surprised, but I'm surprised at something I'm reading maybe even that day or that week and a question comes up later in the day or later in the week relating to what I've just read and how God can use that. But if I wasn't committed to spending time each and every day in the Word, there would not have been that opportunity to have that experience like that. So center your answers in God's Word. And another thing that relates to this is it's not about sharing your own personal opinions. That's not what's going to help answer somebody's questions ultimately. That's not what's going to deal with their doubts in a way that's going to satisfy, the Word of God is what will bring the power and the change in someone's life. So center your answers 
in God's word. And number five, and this goes right along with that, that fourth one is be honest. And what I mean by that is if you don't know the answer to their questions, just say so. Say, man, that's a really good question. And I'm not real sure of how to answer that right now. But if you'll give me some time, I'd love to come back and, and talk with you a little bit more about that after I've time, had some time to, to do a little research on my own or maybe talk with someone else or look at some, uh, some resources that I have. Uh, but be honest. Don't try to. And I, I have fallen. I've been guilty of this before where I felt like I needed to have the answer right. And so I'm kind of making something up only to find out later that it might not have been the best answer in that moment. And so be willing to say, great question. Don't know. I'll get back with you with an answer very shortly. And by the way, don't forget to get back with them. Number six, respond with graciousness and love. Respond with graciousness and love. As you go through this process, if somebody, if you're talking with somebody that is doubting and you're wanting to show mercy, you do that with graciousness and love. They need to know that you care. And as important as it is in what you tell them based on God's word, you also have to convey the truth that you really do care for them, that your goal is not to just fix their problem and move on to the next one, but you genuinely care about their well-being and you really are invested in them in this process. And that's why it's important, I think, to have long-term relationships, to build those relationships where we have those opportunities when, we, when they do begin to doubt or ask questions, they're ready to come to us. One of the things that I came across as I was studying this past week, that Paul in telling Timothy and dealing with those that were challenging him, he told them to respond with gentleness. And I thought that's that, you know, that kind of goes along with that graciousness and love that even if they have a differing view than I have, even if it, even if it's almost a little bit of an opposite view of what I believe scripture says, I'm still going to deal with them with graciousness and gentleness. And the last thing I'll mention, and just for sake of time, really is uh, be gospel centered. Number seven is be gospel centered. What potentially is at stake in every conversation you have with somebody is their salvation. We don't, as we said, we don't, we're not assuming that they're saved. We're not assuming that they're lost, but we want to make sure that we always bring the conversation back to Jesus and what he has done for us. So make sure that at some point, at least, if not multiple points, we continue to bring the conversation back to Jesus. Contending for the faith with this group is showing mercy. Now, the next group we read in verse 23 that, that Jude says, save others by snatching them out of the fire. Now, this group is a little bit different than the first group. The first group was doubting, asking questions. They had been influenced by these, these false teachers or false teachers, but they, you know, they, they hadn't con weren't fully convinced yet. The second group is they you probably can't assume they are lost and that they are heading directly away from the Lord as they have fully embraced the theology, the teaching of these false teachers. And this might be the false teaching of, uh, of the world today, of our culture, uh, or maybe it is a false teaching, a religious false teaching. In some ways, the, the, uh, the culture is taking on the form of a religion in our culture today. But whatever it is, they have bought in completely. And so now contending for the faith in their lives means being actively involved in God's redemptive role 
and seeing them come to the Lord, to save them from God's judgment. And that's the picture we have in verse 23, that they are there just moments away from experiencing God's wrath and eternal judgment. So what does it look like in dealing with somebody in this second group? Well, quite different than the first group. And the thing I shared Sunday that I think is very important is that we understand the urgency of the matter, that they are perhaps a breath away from an eternity in hell. And so there is the sense of life or death urgency. This is a rescue that fire is involved. And when there is a rescue with fire involved, it usually is a matter of life or death. Another thing that uh, I put down in my notes here is that we need to be willing to have the tough and awkward conversations. We need to be willing to have the tough and awkward conversations with folks in this group. Most of us, myself included, do not like having those awkward conversations. It can be difficult, especially if you are more of a peacekeeper. And I tend to be one that enjoys the peace. But if I know someone is living in error, I am called to confront that error in love and mercy, but I am called to confront that error. And that means having some difficult and tough conversations. A third thing that I think is important, and it's almost more of a preparation, but be prepared for their arguments. Be prepared for their arguments. Well, how do we prepare for their arguments? We don't know necessarily what their arguments will be. Well, it's important that we understand, first of all, those characteristics of false teachers and kind of understanding how they think. But it's also important that we be extremely rooted in God's word. It goes back to Jude's three-part spiritual growth strategy of, you know, building ourselves up in the word of God, being prepared to to, to, to contend for the faith, uh, to be able to, to talk about why we believe what we believe, why we believe what the Bible says is true, and being able to have those kinds of discussions. I don't want to use the word argument. It might end up feeling like an argument at times, but we don't ever want it to be that. We want it to be a discussion, a conversation where we have a chance to share truly what we believe. This past summer, I had the opportunity to, to be on the streets of London for the sole purpose of sharing the gospel uh, with those of the Muslim faith. And uh, I had some of the most interesting conversations. And I found that the more I was open to allowing them to share what they believed, the more open they were in allowing me to share what I believed. And it was in that kind of respect uh, where they, I respected them in that moment, but they also then in turn generally would respect my, what I was saying. And I had a chance to share the gospel with quite a few folks that I don't know if I would have, if I had just come right out and started with that at the beginning. So going back, be prepared for their arguments. Number four, Keep the focus on God's word. And we talked about this under the last one, but keep the focus on God's word. Keep it centered on God's word, not your own personal opinions. Being, again, biblically prepared allows us to focus on God's word and not my opinions only. And the last thing I'll say here under this section, because this is a very difficult and circumstances and uh, probably we won't find ourselves in these all the time, but I hope we're thinking about it and looking for those opportunities when God can use us. But number five is because of the urgency, this will be more confrontational. 
In other words, because it's a matter of life or death, and because I care about someone enough, I'm willing to confront them. I'm willing to say, hey, we need to talk. Hey, can, can, can you meet me tomorrow morning? Uh, for coffee. We have to, we need to have a serious conversation and whether it's a coworker or a family member or a neighbor, uh, it is that conversation that can make a difference in whether they ever hear the true gospel or not, but it's going to take you or me being willing to get out of our comfort zone and in some cases be extremely com confrontational. Oftentimes people will come to us when it relates to evangelism and they'll ask us questions and they'll start the conversation or there'll be a need in someone's life and it's just a perfect way to, to build into the, into the gospel. But other times there's nothing there but hardness. We need to be willing to initiate those hard, awkward, difficult conversations. One group we approach with mercy and gentleness, the other with a sense of urgency. And I, I ended this section on Sunday with this statement, God has called all of his children to be his mercy to a lost and dying world. This is what living missionally should look like. Well, thanks for joining me on Beyond the Notes this week. And join us again next week as we wrap up. That's right, next Sunday is our last Sunday. So next week we'll wrap up the series on Jude and we'll have our final Beyond the Notes one week from today.